Life can be stressful, even under normal circumstances. 2020 has challenged even the most difficult times of life. You need stress relief that goes beyond quick fixes. That's Headspace. Headspace is one of the only meditation apps advancing the field of mindfulness and meditation through clinically validated research and can reduce stress, improve sleep, boost focus, and increase your overall sense of well-being. Go to headspace.com slash C-suite for a free one-month trial. Headspace.com slash C-suite. This is the Rich Dad Radio Show, the good news and bad news about money. Here's Robert Kiyosaki. Hello, hello, hello. It's Robert Kiyosaki, the Rich Dad Radio Show, the good news and bad news about money. And the uh, subject of our show today is what's the, what is better than greatness? You know, what is, the be- what is greater than greatness? What do you think? What is it? You know, and do you have it? What is greater than greatness? And our subject today is that word. It's called mastery. And it's a, it's a word you hear all the time thrown around like, you know, there's the Masters Golf Tournament. And you look at it there, it's the same guys. You know, they're, they're the same guys who are always on TV. They're the, they're the best of the best. They're greater than great. They're masters. And then when I took martial arts, there were instructors in martial arts and there were masters of martial arts. And there was a definite difference between an instructor of martial arts and a master. You know, like my master was in Taekwondo and his name was Bao uh, Ji Sung Song, eighth degree black belt, you know, real SOB, but he was a tough master. <laughs> but I learned to fight under him, you know, so there's a, there is a, there is a level above greatness and that's mastery. So our guest today is Robert Green. He's the best-selling author and speaker known for his books on strategy, power, and seduction. His, his fifth book, Mastery, examines the lives of great historical figures such as Charles Darwin, Mozart, Paul Graham, Henry Ford, and distills the tra- traits of universal ingredients that made them masters in their field. Also joining me in this room was one of my best friends of all times for years and years, you know, 40, 40 something years, is Blair Singer. And Blair is a master of training people to be speakers because one of the greatest skill sets any leader in any field, I don't care what it is, whether you're a CEO or a fifth grade teacher, is the ability to speak from the front of a room or command a crowd. And we're gonna find out whether you have what it takes to go beyond greatness and become a master, even if it's raising puppies. You know, I mean, what are you a master of? So welcome to the program, Robert Green. Well, thank you for having me, Robert. My, my pleasure. Thank you, Robert. So uh, can you give us a little of your background, please? Um, I basically um, had a BA in classics and, you know, in the Greek and Latin. I was a, a writer um, in many different guises. And then some 20 years ago, I wrote my first book called The 48 Laws of Power. Uh, it's been my biggest seller, uh, close to 2 million copies sold in the U.S. And since then, I've just been writing books, as you mentioned, on kind of strategy and power and then my latest book, uh, Mastery. And what causes you to study, uh, you know, to be a writer, but also to study the lives of Darwin and Mozart and Henry Ford, as well as Buckminster Fuller, who was my teacher? Oh, really? Wow. Yeah. I want to hear about that. Um, 
I, I've always been uh, fascinated by the kind of the psychology behind uh, being powerful people, the things that we never really talk about, what happens behind closed doors, the, the games that people play, the kind of uh, some of it involving manipulation, etc. And um, mastery has always been something that's fascinated me because um, you know, I'm, I'm a sports junkie. I love sports, and I've always think that these people, as you mentioned with golf or any sport, these are the cream, the elite of you know, billions of people on the planet, and here are the ten best golfers or basketball players. They're operating on a different level, yet they're human beings like you or I. They're not, they're not necessarily born with that much more talent, um, what is it? Is it a mental process that got them there? Is it a combination of things? It just fascinates me, and I decided that I was going to combine all um, human endeavors, sports, science, politics, um, the arts, because I believe that the human brain is, is this organ that we all share, and there's a process behind mastery that's the same for Michael Jordan or for Steve Jobs. And I wanted to hunt that down, figure out the process, and make it very clear to the reader. So, uh, Robert, what is that process, please? Well, it's very simple. Um, I'll boil it down to the, the simple components. The first thing is you have to know, uh, you have to know yourself. You, I call it your life's task. There's something about you, uh, the way your brain is wired, that's very unique. You're attracted to certain things. Uh, when Tiger Woods was two years old, he was already so attracted to, to golf. It was a, a visceral connection uh, that, you know, he, he was starting to practice when he was two or three years old. There's something like that in you. You, you can't begin to master a subject unless you have, feel a deep emotional connection to it. If it's something you're just going through the motions, if you become a lawyer because your parents told you to, you'll never master it because the brain works at a maximum capacity when your emotions are engaged, when you love it. So that's the first and primary step. Nothing will, else will happen unless you conquer that. From there, you have to go through an apprenticeship. You have to go put in your 10,000 hours. Um, some of that involves observing. Some of that involves observing masters and other people in, in action. Some of it involves practice and grind and doing things over and over wait, wait, again. Hold, hold that thought because well, when I was watching your video, that was a very important point you made out is that if you're going to be an apprentice, you should observe and keep your mouth shut. Because yep. so, so many times I have met people come up to me, they say, hey, don't worry, I can replace you. You know, they're, I'm going, yeah, they haven't done anything yet. You know, and, and I don't know if you know my story, Robert, was that uh, when I was nine years old, I just wanted to understand the subject of money. Yep. And since I didn't teach money at school, I went and sought out the man who became my rich dad, and I apprenticed with him for something like 20-something years. Wow. And that's the reason I'm a rich man, because I definitely didn't learn about it in school, you know? Yeah. Any comments well, on that, Blair? Yeah, you know, what you said, what you said, Robert, is that is that it takes some time, and it takes the willingness, as you said, to be willing to shut up, listen, 
And, but you, have, but you yeah. have to also know what you're interested in. Well, that was going to be my question. My question is, is like, how do you even know? I mean, Tiger Woods was interested in golf. My kid, all he wanted to do is go play soccer and football, which I think is pretty no- pretty normal for a kid. But ha- but to really understand what you're, what you have a deep emotional connection to at an early age, might be difficult. And school certainly didn't help that. Yeah, I mean, so so number one is know yourself, know what your your wiring is kind of just different. What makes you interested yep. in something apprenticeship and I, I really liked what you said i thought that was valuable 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 is that be an observer first and keep your mouth shut yeah as part of the apprenticeship uh you it's good to have a mentor and i go into that um uh you know we're we're a culture that lives on shortcuts people want things faster and faster they're used to the rhythms of their smartphones, but that's not how the brain is wired. Things go slowly. You have to be patient. But a mentor is the one shortcut because a good mentor uh, can watch you in real time, give you feedback, can tell you what you're good at, what you're weak at, and they kind of you kind of can absorb their energy. Um, and so that's that's a critical step. And also part of the apprenticeship is knowing how to deal with people. I have a whole chapter on that. I call it social intelligence. And once you go through that 10-year, 7, 10-year process, you arrive at what I call the creative level. Now you can take all of the things that you've observed, all of your practice, and instead of just sort of mechanically doing what other people have taught you, you can now apply it on a higher level and be truly creative with it. And I go very deeply into the creative process. And once you go deep into that and you go from beyond 10,000 hours to what I call 20,000 hours, it's just a number, it could be 15 or 20, you reach the level of mastery. Okay, I mean, that's fantastic. I I mean, I have no problem with what you said. I think it's uh, interesting. I just kind of question how you can can measure it in hours because, you know, with... with well, because Robert, with me, is 24-7 and has been that way for 70 years. I mean, 60 years. Well, it's just, it's just a number. I, I, I understand right, right. the randomness of it, but the, the great thing was there was a, a very famous test done studying people who had, had achieved high levels of proficiency in chess and music and certain sports, mm-hmm. of a, a, a man named Erickson, and he discovered scientifically that when you have put Somewhere around 10,000 hours, that could be 9, it could be 11, something happens to the human brain. And he demonstrated it through a rigorous study that the, the brain, something, there's enough neural connections going on that now people start operating on a higher level. Very good. So we'll, when we come back, we're going to find out if you want to be a master, find out why the school system may be uh, demastering you. So we'll come back. For those of you especially who went to school and wondering why you're not that successful, you'll find out how school might have tortured your brain or stifled your master. If you have kids, very important subject coming up. So we'll find out more about education and how school may not be the best place for your genius or master. We'll be right back. You're listening to The Rich Dad Radio Show with Robert Kiyosaki. Robert Kiyosaki's Rich Dad Advisors have a great gift for you. 
Visit richdadadvisors.com and receive five free reports on business and investing success. Five free reports that can help you right now. And while there, check out the Author's Choice audio series. Audio is a great way to learn. And for as little as 99 cents, you can download key chapters from all the Rich Dad Advisor books. You can listen to The Myths and Magic of Real Estate Investing, Seven Steps to Limited Liability, The Four Pillars of Investing, Team Code of Honor, or The Psychology of Debt, among other great audios. For pennies, you can power up your skills for getting out of the rat race. So please visit richdadadvisors.com for your five free reports and your powerful and affordable audio chapters. That's richdadadvisors.com for great information that can help you right now. Log on to richdadradio.com while you listen. Now back to Robert Kiyosaki. Welcome back, Robert Kiyosaki, the Rich Dad Radio Show, the good news and bad news about money. And today we're going to find out, are you a master of something or are you kind of coming up short? And maybe you shouldn't be a master. You know, what does it take? So you can listen to this Rich Dad Radio program anytime, anywhere on iTunes or Android. And you can also, all of our programs are archived at richdadradio.com. And we archive them for two reasons. One is because repetition, which is part of mastery, is how you learn more. But secondly of all, the other way to become a master is you can share this program with friends, family, and business associates, and you discuss it. So when you discuss this program on mastery, you're three steps there, that way you're getting closer. And in the studio today with me is Blair Singer. He is the master of teaching people, men and women, to become master presenters in front of a room. Because when I was a young man, my rich dad said, if you're going to be a leader, you have to be able to speak. Because if you can't speak, nobody listens. It's the difference between speaking and people listening. Right, Blair? Very big difference. There's a lot of people out there talking, not a lot of people listening. That's correct. <laughs> and also our guest today is Robert Green. He's a best-selling author and speaker, best known for his books on strategy, power, and deduction. His fifth book, Mastery, examines the lives of great historical figures such as Charles Darwin, but he also mentions one of my teachers, one of my apprentice to was R. Buckminster Fuller, known as the planet's friendly genius. You know, uh, John Denver wrote many songs about Fuller. People just rave about Fuller for the lives he, 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 he touched. And when I met him, he changed my life. He changed the direction of my life because otherwise I wouldn't be in this business. So, Robert, we're going to talk about education, you know, one of my favorite yeah. subjects because my poor dad was the head of education for the state of Hawaii, Ph.D. from Stanford, University of Chicago, and Northwestern, and definitely a great teacher, but he wasn't my teacher, if you know what I mean. I, I really yeah. did not want to go to school and learn calculus. It was not my thing, and my dad, poor dad, was wise enough to tell me to go talk to my rich dad when I was nine years old. Yeah. And then I apprenticed to a rich dad. And that's why I became a multimillionaire because nothing I learned about money in school would have helped me get to where I was going to go. So what do you think about that? Well, I think there's definitely a lot of truth to what you're saying. Most of the people I studied, um, the historical figures, and I, I interviewed nine contemporary masters as well, most of them, I'd say 90, 95% of them, uh, did not either didn't finish their schooling or said it had no impact on um, becoming the creative 
masters that they are. Well, Robert, uh, and the Robert, reason Robert, is, get, is, Robert, Robert, get this, okay? I yep. flunked out of high school twice because I couldn't write. And now, <laughs> well, I, and now I've sold most, but more, I've sold, I don't know how many millions of copies of books. Yeah. And that's more than most school teachers. I know the teachers that flunked me didn't write that many books or have that many yep. copies sold. Well, the, the reason for it, um, I think, is simple. Um, you know, we talked first about knowing who you are, what you're naturally attracted to. And I give details. Uh, Blair asked, how do you know that? I go into it pretty in-depth to sort of help you figure that out. But number one, school crushes that. You're going into a factory. You're going to learn math and sports and English and history and calculus. And it's going to turn you off from learning in general because you're not necessarily finding the things that excite you the most. Now, it's good to have a well-rounded education, don't get me wrong, but it tends to turn a lot of people off from just learning in general, and it kind of can crush your spirit. And the other thing is school is not a place for becoming creative. It's a place for kind of learning cookie-cutter methods that other people have applied. So it doesn't teach you um, certain basic skills that go in uh, to mastery, uh, how to think in a, I call it a dimensional creative way. And, and as I said, you need infinite patience in order to get through, to become a master. Uh, you, you have to be able to push past the drudgery. And school can be a negative factor in that. It kind of makes you lazy. It makes you not want to, uh, it turns you off from the concept of practice itself. It, it, it sort of crushes the seed of mastery that's in you. And so you have to almost, when you get out of school, you almost have to re-educate yourself. You know, and Blair, you have two kids, boys in school right now, or one, one just got out of school. Right. Did they love school? They hated it. Absolutely and, hated it. <laughs> and I hated school, you know. And you know what I hated most, Robert? Were the yep. teachers. I mean, I just thought... If those are role models of education, well, slip my throat now. You know what I mean? It was yeah. like they're so boring. They're the most boring people on earth. I think. Yeah. So I think what you're. So what I hear you saying, Robert, is that the reason kids like maybe my kids and other kids are so hate school so much is because they're they're blocked from going toward their natural inclination or what you're what you're talking about and so Completely. They, they don't even they don't even know they have an inclination other than all they want to do is get out and some of the greatest entrepreneurs as you mentioned some of the greatest geniuses the only way they found it was to get out of school to get out of the environment that was crushing them. well robert you know what when i was studying with bucky fuller you know i studied with him for 3 years uh, a month each summer and he said something that just hit me he says, let the child out of school and let him get back to his studies. And I thought yeah. that was fascinating because yeah. my study was always money, but that wasn't a subject in school. And, and, and you know what, yeah. Robert, is today when I speak about money, and Blair knows this from all the years, that's all I study and I talk about, and I understand the monetary system of the world, and not very well, but the, you know, one of those things. The more you study, the more you find out you don't know, and that's why you keep studying. But the yep. more I study, and then what happens when I share what I know, the academic types. You know, my book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, was turned down by every one of these academic elites oh, saying, saying, I didn't know what I was talking about. Yeah, and, and, and Do you know what I mean? So yep. I, 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 what you're saying, I, I feel that 
I'm still running up against those school teachers because they don't know anything about money, but they're willing to tell me I don't know anything about money. What do you think about that? Well, that's, you know, people become school teachers who aren't necessarily the most driven, ambitious, open-minded, creative Amen. I'm going I'm to sing Hallelujah Choir for you right now. <laughs> <laughs> so that's probably a, a, the problem right there. There are some teachers, and I had them, who weren't necessarily like that. But the, it all comes down to the one thing I mentioned in the beginning. You will not learn at a fa- uh, learning at an intense level is the key to mastery. You could put your 10,000 hours in over 40 years, and it won't mean anything. You have to do it in an intense 10-year period because that's how the brain works. Um, and so if you're not loving what you're learning, the brain tunes out. I always come back to the example. I studied French in school for four years. And then I got to France, and I could hardly say one sentence. <laughs> and then I met a French girl, and I wanted to date her. And in three weeks and hanging out with her and trying to learn French, I learned more in four years because I wanted and needed to learn French. Right. Well, that's how the brain works. So once again, it's Robert Kiyosaki, The Rich Air Radio Show. And we're talking about the subject of mastery, but more importantly, are you a master? And what are you a master of? You know, if you saw my golf swing, you know, the master's. You know, Tiger Woods and those guys aren't worried about me at all, you know, because it's not a game I like. And so we're going to be going into what does it take for you, the listener, you guys you sitting there behind the desk or driving in your car wondering, you know, why is my life so unexciting? Why am I just like my school teachers? You know, we're going to find out that because, you know, Blair, what, what did you have to do to finally get your son to get to get turned on about school? Football yeah. is the only thing that, for both my boys, the fact that they realized that education was a ticket to be able to do what they loved, which was to play sports. Wow. So anyway, so Robert, when these listeners today who are you know listening to your, um, I love what you're saying, know yourself, apprenticeship, seven to ten years, which most people are not willing to do, find a mentor. Your brain cannot learn unless it wants to learn. It takes social intelligence. For example, it, I, every, almost every master I studied under, I had to almost go and bend at knee and beg them to teach me, to be an apprentice. Uh-huh. And then what happens is, I, I agree with you, I get more creative on it, and we move on. So, um, but when, through that creative level is where I took what all those guys were teaching me. I had several masters in my life. Yeah. And then I could create on my own. And now Blair and I were just talking about it. You know, Blair just came in from Australia a couple of days ago, and I just came in from China. And, and we see our work all over the world now. And right. people are copying us. So it's just a sense of flattery, right? It's a sense of flattery. But at some level, they haven't gone through, Robert, what you, what you talk about is repetition, earning the right, oh, the, the, the immersion that's necessary. I think what you said, Robert, the best thing was that they don't observe. Like when Blair and I were trained under this gentleman who was a master teacher, master master teacher, except he had one problem, you know, I mean, uh, he wasn't a master teacher of morality, right. should I say. Yeah. So when people are listening, what should people cue? I mean, what, what, what insight would you give them as to how to find their mastery? Like Tiger Woods knew golf. Mine was just money. Well, you know, everyone's different, so there's no um, single formula for that. If there were, I would be a billionaire. But there, I, I give you some tips. I mean, 
Some people know it right away when they're three or four years old. Those are kind of the exceptions, you know, Einstein, Steve Jobs, Tiger Woods. Um, a lot of us, maybe when we're 13 or 14, we have an inkling, um, and then school kind of drums it out of us. So it's a process generally of rediscovering who you are. Now, I maintain everybody has, uh, without exception, a connection to some uh, form of intelligence. There's a great book by Howard Gardner called The Five Frames of Mind. There are five forms of intelligence that the human brain has. Some of it is kinetic. It's related to sports or movement. Some of it's math and patterns. Some of it has to do with words. There are five of them. Your brain is wired in a certain way where you are naturally connected to one of these forms of intelligence that is your strength. That doesn't mean you only have one. You can have two or three, but there's one that sort of dominates. Uh, you have to know that. I mean, I, there are people who don't even know that, like what, that they're actually more attracted to music or patterns and then they end up going into law, and no wonder they're depressed and doing drugs when they're 30. They're doing something that's not at all in clicking with how their brain is wired. So when you read the newspaper, when you go online, and there are subjects that excite you, you've got to be alive to that. You've got to be aware of yourself, of what it is um, that excites you. You have to get rid of the things that don't excite you. You went through school, and you hated math, and you hated this, and you hated that. All right, drop that out of your equation. Don't even go near those subjects. It's a process of a kind of acquainting yourself with who you are. If you're in your 20s or younger, great. You can explore a little bit. You can try different subjects. I knew I wanted to be a writer at a very early age. I just didn't know what I wanted to write. So I tried journalism. I tried Hollywood. I tried all these other forms, and then I hit upon the one that worked, which was writing nonfiction books. If you're older, if you're in your 30s or 40s, it's a different process. You, you shouldn't just suddenly drop your, your training in law and become a poet because you have, maybe have a family to feed and you have to make money. You have to take the skills you've already acquired, even though they're things you didn't necessarily love, and you now have to try and find a way to apply them right. to something that you do love. Yeah, so they're like stepping stones you know, into your future. So they're stepping stones into your future. So when we come back, we'll be talking more about how technology is affecting the pursuit <laughs> of mastery. And, but mm -hmm. there's something else to bring up, is that uh, my family was samurai, and in the samurai tradition, wow. they say that you don't make it until you're 50. And, that, <laughs> and, and one of the books I was reading, I forget that, you know, I don't speak Japanese either, but they were talking about that oftentimes, if you find, if you strike success early in life, it doesn't work because it's too early. You, have, you haven't matured very, very yet. Very, true. So there, very the, true. the philosophy in the samurai is on your 50th is when you really blossom. We'll be right back. You're listening to The Rich Dad Radio Show with Robert Kiyosaki. Do you own an LLC or LP? Are you aware of the new rules? The IRS has mandated new audit rules that require every LLC operating agreement and LP limited partnership agreement be amended. This dramatic requirement has never before been experienced, and changes must be made by December 31st. Corporate Direct, owned by Rich Dad Advisor Garrett Sutton, can guide you through these new rules. Call 800-600-1760. 
That's 800-600-1760. Or visit CorporateDirect.com. Contact Corporate Direct today to stay in IRS compliance. This is the Rich Dad Radio Show. The good news and bad news about money. Here's Robert Kiyosaki. Welcome back, Robert Kiyosaki, the Rich Dad Radio Show, the good news and bad news about money. And you can listen to this Rich Dad Radio program anytime, anywhere on iTunes or Android. And all of our programs are archived at richdadradio.com. We re-archive them for two reasons. One is you can listen to this program again, because when you listen to this again, you'll be even smarter. And you can share this with friends and family, and especially if you have children, and discuss it with them because that will make you even smarter again because it's repetition. So, you know, today we're talking to Blair Singer, my dear friend from years and years, one of the best trainers or teachers or people that be presenters from the front of the room. Because if you're an entrepreneur, you have got to be able to hold an audience. And Blair and I were laughing about how our, when you and I taught our first class, we had the room set up for 200 people in Maui. And how many people showed up, Blair? Two showed up, and one was actually in the wrong place. And he was drunk. And he was drunk. Yeah. And we never even did the program. We took the other guy to the bar to try drink to with him. drink with him to see if we could get him to buy the program we're selling, and he didn't buy either. I know. <laughs> so it was, a, it was a mess. And then a, then a few years later, uh, my biggest public speaking event was 65,000 people in Moscone Center, and I was talking about my favorite subject, money with my friend, President Trump, and we were talking about how real estate, debt, and taxes are used to make money, because that was my subject, of course, not taught in school. So our guest today is Robert Greene, the best-selling author and speaker, and best known for his books on strategy, power, and seduction. His fifth book, Mastery, Examine the Lives of Great Historical Figures, and I'll review again. He says, number one, know yourself. Number two, apprenticeship, which I have done most of my life. Number three is find a mentor. And the brain is not wired um, just to for boredom. <laughs> you need social intelligence, which I lack. And then, you, <laughs> and then when you get through all that, you have some degree of creative level and 20,000 hours of training. And so that's what we're talking about. And the question is, are you a master? And what are you a master of? And that's the question. And Blair was mentioning how his two of his boys hated school. I hated school. I hated most of my teachers because they were boring as hell. But anyway, uh, my, one of my teachers was R. Buckminster Fuller, and the reason he changed my life was because he wrote about mistakes. A and he wrote that article, Mistake, Mistake. For those who may not know him, he created the Bucky Fuller, was best known for the geodesic dome. And I hitchhiked in 1967 up to Montreal, Canada from New York City to go see Bucky's Dome in Montreal, little knowing that someday I would be an apprentice to him and study with him. And that man changed my life just on that one thing, mistakes. He says, mistakes are only sins when not admitted. And you look at how dysfunctional our society today is. This guy, uh, Clinton, couldn't admit, it, admit he had you know, sex in the wet house, but he had to lie about it. And in most businesses, what really kills people is that they're not allowed to admit they made a mistake. So the mistake keeps getting glossed over. And you look at our Federal Reserve Bank right now, they can't admit they made a mistake. So they keep making the same mistake, which is printing money. So uh, Robert, what, what did you find out? Because you mentioned Bucky Fuller in your book. What did, what, why did you mention him? Well, uh, there were two things. First, 
um, I talked about, you know, knowing who you are. Buckminster Fuller went through a period in his youth where he was totally lost, and he got into business. And he wasn't a bad businessman, but he wasn't a great businessman. And he got so depressed that he was going to commit suicide one day because he just couldn't handle the pressures. And he heard a voice inside of him. Uh, he recounts this in several books, telling him, no, you were meant to do something else in life. You've been following other people. You've not been listening to yourself. I'm the, not direct, meant... the direct quote was, you do not belong to you. You belong yeah. to the universe. Your true purpose may be ever obscure to you, but rest assured, if you commit your life to the highest advantage of others, you will find, you know, da-da-da-da. I had to memorize that. Well, very good. Well, that, you, you got it there. Yeah, exactly. And it was a turning point. He realized, I, I've got to pursue what I want to pursue, uh, which was architecture, which was technology. He, design, he ended up designing one of the most amazing cars that we've ever seen before, something people don't know about. The Maxion um, car was a three-wheel car. Yeah. And unfortunately, uh, somebody, somebody stole it and it went down the road and killed somebody. Yeah, and that, that was the end of it, but it was an amazing piece of technology. The second thing from Buckminster Fuller that is so important is he wasn't afraid to be different. He wasn't afraid to be eccentric. He wasn't afraid to do something that was, he was an iconoclast. And I mention this over and over again. The, what's, the a, what's, a, what's an iconoclast? Is somebody who doesn't follow the conventional path, who, who breaks the mold. And I think that's um, the most important. Would you say that most people listening today one yep. of the reasons they don't find what they're a master of is because they're a fear of breaking the mold or ostracism or standing out or standing away from. Yes, and in doing that, you're getting rid of your own source of power, which is your uniqueness. And a lot of people go through the apprenticeship phase that I mentioned, but then they're afraid to do something different. You know, they, they, they have a great business idea, uh, but they don't want to put their foot in the water, and then they spend their whole life working at a company and going, oh, tomorrow I'm going to do it, and tomorrow never comes. So you've got to have a level of boldness that says, all right, I've learned enough. Now I've got to start the business. I have to have some cojones, and I've got to do it on my own, and I have to stop waiting. So not being afraid of what makes you different, and Buckminster Fuller is a great example because he pissed a lot of people off. People, he, he, he turned his back on all the conventional forms of, of doing things, uh, and that was the source of his genius. And if you look at someone like uh, Steve Jobs or any of the people we admire in, in, in technology, there's no one else like them. There's no one else like the master you studied under to become a, a, a black belt in karate. These are unique people, so you have to not be afraid of what makes you different. You know, Blair, when we studied Mistake, Mistake, that, that is a powerful, powerful um, piece. Of, it, all, a couple, all is a couple of pages, but it so changed my life because you said what school teachers do is they go through your paper and they look for mistakes and they punish you for making mistakes. So let's say you make 10 mistakes out of 100, that well, that gives you a 90. But he says then they punish you for making the mistake, but they don't ever discuss the mistake. Like the mistake is this horrible well, thing. As a but, it, but in the mistake is where the lesson is, right, Blair? That's right. As a matter of fact, I read Bucky said something once that was really cool. He said the way school systems should work is kids should be scored on the number of mistakes they actually make and then go out in the real world and correct 
and then they should actually grade their teachers on how well the teachers right. schooled them, you know, which was all. That went over like big time in the school system. Right? <laughs> yeah, right. But it's that whole well, thing, it's that whole thing, Robert, you said about, about making mistakes is that if, if you can't, it, I, what stops people, what I'm hearing you say, one of the things that stops people from mastery is this fear that's drilled into you during school of making a mistake and looking stupid in front of other people. Well, look at the, I think the, well, the greatest, perhaps the greatest entrepreneur uh, ever is Henry Ford. And Henry Ford, uh, obviously, you know, was the pioneer in, in creating automobiles. What people don't realize is he failed, I think, three, at least three times, miserably failed in creating a, a mass-produced automobile. And normally, you fail once, you made a, he made mistakes, like you're talking about. When you fail once, that was it, because it's you know a lot of money, a lot of capital needed to just begin to try to create the automobile on a mass level, and he he wouldn't stop. And he said that was my apprenticeship. Those three failures were my seven ten years of apprenticeship. I learned from them how to create the absolute most perfect automobile for mass production. Um, and he went on to do it. And the lesson is most people were crushed by their first mistake or their second one. They never got back up and tried to get the funding for the third one. He was so convinced that he had learned how to perfect it uh, that he would find the funding. He would go ahead and do it. So it was the mistakes he made that actually allowed him to create uh, to be the pioneer in oh, the but look, but, but look at, uh, what's his name, Edison. He reportedly failed yep. 1,014 times before yep. the electric light bulb went on. And when somebody yep. says, well, you know, you failed so many, th- so many times, he says, yeah, that's about right. That's what it takes to discover <laughs> something important. you got to fail yeah. at least 1,000 times. That was his re- yep. report back to, to the academics, you know. Yeah, and as you said, it's good to be able to admit you've made a mistake. Henry Ford could tell himself he wasn't so arrogant and thinking everything he did was golden. He realized he had had fouled up. He had done something wrong. He had brought in the wrong investor. He had tried to make the car too much this way or that way, and he admitted it. And if you can't admit that you made a mistake, then you can't learn from them. So So So, Robert, are you outside the school system now? Oh, I, I, I left and never turned back. People in academia, I, 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 when I go see them, I feel like I'm the bird at the zoo that doesn't have to be in the cage and the kind of flies and <laughs> I like it. I like cage. that metaphor. But, you know, but, they, they don't have the freedom to express themselves. To, but what, to, to, what, you know, I don't, you know there's, there's an old saying, I think it's an Irish proverb that goes, if I knew where I was going to die, I wouldn't go there. So every time I get invited to a school, I don't go there, you know? Yeah. And so, but when you talk to teachers about what you talk about, what's the response? Well, I have had some uh, professors uh, who like the book and have actually used it to try and buck the system. Like uh, there, were, there, were, there have been a couple business schools that have brought the book in and uh, some people in art departments. So there's there are mavericks in the school system. They're not a lot, but they're there. Um, but you know, uh, it, it's not the kind of book uh, that's going to have much resonance in academia. No, I once, no, I didn't think I so. I once gave a talk of, for somebody who was a fan at Stanford, um, and they were so turned off by my ideas. It was like I was from another planet, and I kind of realized. We're not talking the same language here. Well, I'm proud you're. I'm proud you're. You're off that planet. You know what I mean? 
Yeah. So, Robert, we're up out of time right now, but I want to congratulate you. Everybody get the book, Mastery, especially if you're kind of trapped inside your own self. You know, you know there's something greater than you available, but you don't know how to get out of that trap. You know, you're just in that nine to five, as I say, or you're, you're a doctor, but you wanted to be a pro golfer, you know, whatever the thing is. So, Robert, thank you for your contribution. The, the book is Mastery. His other books are The 48 Laws of Power, The Art of Seduction, which I like, The 33 Strategies of War, and The 50th Law. Robert's website is powerseductionandwar.com. So, Robert, thank you for your contribution and your research. Well, thank you so much for having me, Robert and Blair. I really enjoyed it. It was fantastic, man. Thank you. And we come back, the most favorite part of our program, Ask Robert. You're listening to The Rich Dad Radio Show with Robert Kiyosaki. Do you own an LLC or LP? Are you aware of the new rules? The IRS has mandated new audit rules that require every LLC operating agreement and LP limited partnership agreement be amended. This dramatic requirement has never before been experienced, and changes must be made by December 31st. Corporate Direct, owned by Rich Dad Advisor Garrett Sutton, can guide you through these new rules. Call 800-600-1760. That's 800-600-1760. Or visit CorporateDirect.com. Contact Corporate Direct today to stay in IRS compliance. Robert Kiyosaki's Rich Dad Advisors have a great gift for you. Visit richdadadvisors.com and receive five free reports on business and investing success. Five free reports that can help you right now. And while there, check out the Author's Choice audio series. Audio is a great way to learn. And for as little as 99 cents, you can download key chapters from all the Rich Dad Advisor books. You can listen to The Myths and Magic of Real Estate Investing, Seven Steps to Limited Liability, The Four Pillars of Investing, Team Code of Honor, or The Psychology of Debt, among other great audios. For pennies, you can power up your skills for getting out of the rat race. So please visit richdadadvisors.com for your five free reports and your powerful and affordable audio chapters. That's richdadadvisors.com for great information that can help you right now. It pays to listen. Now back to Robert Kiyosaki and the Rich Dad Radio Show. Welcome back, Robert Kiyosaki, the Rich Dad Radio Show, the good news and bad news about money. Once again, you can listen to the Rich Dad Radio Show anytime, anywhere on iTunes or Android. And all of our programs are archived at richdadradio.com. We do that so you can listen to this again, which is part of mastery because it's repetition or practice. And you can share it with friends, family, and people you work with. And this one's especially good for your children to listen to because they'll go into the school system and get pounded into conformity, becoming a little uh, assembly line robot. And I want to thank Robert Green. Again, his book is Mastery. His tips are Know Yourself, The Apprenticeship Process, 7 to 10 years. I apprenticed my rich dad for almost 20-something years. And start as an observer. Keep your mouth shut. Find a mentor. And then... Uh, you know, understanding social intelligence, which I lack a lot of the times. And then you'll hit the creative level when you break through all that. And then you can, uh, your thoughts come out of nowhere. You know, I mean, that's pretty good because Blair just came in from Melbourne, Australia, and I just came in from China. And we see our work all over the world now. People are copying us, which is kind of a sense of flattery. Right, Blair? 
That's right. That's right. But it, but it's like Robert was saying. It takes a a lot of pa- it takes a lot of patience to be able to make the mistakes and ment- and find good mentors and make more mistakes until finally some creativity can come out of it. Well, you know, Blair is a rich dad advisor. He's my be- best friend for so many many years, and my advisors are the greatest friends, which is one of the steps to mastery, which is surround yourself with people who demand more of you than you do, expect the best of you. And he's the author of Sales Dogs, which is how to sell. You know, And, and most people can't sell because sales equals what, Blair? Sales equals income. And most people wonder, well, how come I'm poor? Well, you can't sell. I don't want to sell. Well, then you'd be poor. You know what I mean? That's right. There ain't, there ain't much secret to that one. You know what I mean? Give me a break here. But that's the trap that people are in. I think that's what Robert Greene was talking about. Because let me tell you, there's no sense going through life, you know, more afraid what other people think of you than you. And I think that's one of the things he said, right, Blair, is that you just stand out from everybody else. That's who becomes a master. Yeah, it was interesting. He said there's a point where you have to be patient, shut up, listen, listen to the mentors, make the mistakes, make the mistakes, make the mistakes. But then at some point, you got to step out, start the business. Make the sales call, whatever it is you're going to do, and not worry about what other people think because every genius he studied at some level broke from what other people thought about him. Right. And they failed. They failed and failed and failed and failed. You know, when I lost my first business, my poor dad, again, who was a very high, high academic man in school, mistakes mean you're stupid. But in the real world, mistakes, if you learn from your mistakes and don't cover them up like a like a turd in a kitty litter box, you know? I mean, Jesus. That's what people do. They, they are ashamed of their mistakes, you know? And then it just sits there and festers and rots and stinks, and they wonder why their lives don't work. But anyway, you know, when I, was, I said to Marisha, I, I just lost almost $800,000. He said, hey, congratulations. Most entrepreneurs lose three businesses. You got two more to go. And that's the difference in, this, in that but also, we've all been around people who are like good doctors, but they're not master doctors. Or like when I went to learn to fight martial arts, Taekwondo, you know, there was the master. And I went to go see that he was eighth degree black belt. And he was a guy I trained under. And I trained, you know, twice a day while holding a full time, you know, working at Xerox and still working and fighting. And then I eventually got to go to Korea to fight. But it's been my process. I just find the greatest master and study with them. You know, Frank Crary was my master on how to take companies public through initial public offerings. He says, I don't want to buy, don't buy, I don't want you around me. He says, leave me alone. He says, I'm very happy. He was already, in his, uh, he's almost 90 when I, no, about 85 when I met him. And I just begged him, I says, look, I just want to know, to, I want, want to know how you do what you do. How do you take, nothing and turn it into a public company. He says, why, 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 what's in it for me? Why do I want to teach you? I said, I don't know. I'm a good student. And so finally he says, well, how bad do you want it? How bad do you want to learn how to take a company public? And I said, badly. He says, okay, I'm looking at three gold mines in Peru. They're having a meeting in Peru this Saturday. Be there. And Kim was working on the Rich Dad, I mean, the uh, cash flow board game, and she had to go to Austin, Texas to put the thing together. So I went home and I said, Kim, I have to fly to Peru. She goes, oh, okay. 
And I flew all the way to Peru. I spent a week climbing up to 17,000 feet, looking at gold mines, you know, three of them, almost dying up there because I couldn't breathe. And I come back to the States and I sit down and Frank says, okay, what you think? I said, Frank, um, none of them will work. And I gave, him the, I gave him my analysis why the three gold mines, each one had a different problem. He says, good, I knew that. I said, if you knew that, why'd you send me? He says, I want to find out how badly you want to learn. And that's the difference, right, Blair? That's right. That's right. An insatiable desire to be interested, to be willing to make the mistakes and do whatever the master tells you to do. Go beyond what you think you can't do. That's the right. key. So what's the first question, Melissa? Our first question today comes from Nathan in Australia. Favorite book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. He says, I find myself struggling to change. I am the father of a three-year-old, and I want her to learn in a creative environment, away from mainstream education. I really don't want her to end up where I am today. I'm aware of how your Rich Dad advisors are teaching their children, but my question is, when should I start financial education for my child, and what should I start with? Well, your child's already started. You've already started being a teacher. I hate to say this. Your child knows you don't like your work. Right, Blair? That's right. They can pick up on it really quickly. Yeah, your child knows. They're not stupid. There's, there's a thing called nonverbal communication. And, um, you know, it's, it's like my poor dad. He was an academic. He read constantly. Today I read constantly. And my rich dad was constantly starting businesses, so I constantly start businesses. So your child will pick up the good and the bad because you know, every master has a flaw and all this stuff. But the thing, you know, I, I don't like giving people advice on their kids. I think one of the worst things you can do is give a child money, personally. Because I was really blessed. When I was 16, my father, my poor dad says, you're so incompetent. Because I was flunking out of school because I couldn't write. He says, you're so incompetent, I'm not gonna pay for your college education. And that was kind of a setback, you know, because every kid wants the daddy and mommy to pay for their college education. Said, oh, and thank God I had a rich dad who wasn't gonna pay either. He says, now you can start thinking, you know? And I really thought about it. <laughs> Worst part about it is the University of Hawaii rejected me. They, they take chimpanzees at the University of Hawaii and they reject me because <laughs> my grades were so bad. And my, I was such a bad student. They didn't want anything to do with me. So I just kept going, right? You know, that's all there is. That's all you can do is keep going. So I got congressional nominations to Naval Academy and Merchant Marine Academy. How? I don't know. <laughs> but I just kept going. And I think that's the best thing you can teach your child. And it comes close. You got two boys. Yeah. I mean, the, the one thing that, the only thing that I can say is that the, you, what you said is true is that your kids pick up on what you do. The what you demonstrate is what they're going to follow. Um, they may not hear you. You might not think they hear you, but then when you see them acting out like with our kids, I say never quit, never give up. And that's 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 something that's in their DNA now. Now, whether they're going to be good in school or not, that's a whole I'm, – I'm not to give any kind of advice on that. But the truth of it is, like you said – you're, the best thing you can do, I think, with your kids is walk the talk of, of how but, you want them to grow up. But we also have a cash flow board game. You can sit there. I learned, I learned money playing Monopoly with Rich Dad, and he explained the game to me. So I, what do I do today? I play Monopoly 24-7. You know, I, you know, Robert Green talks about he had to go 20,000 hours. I've gone more than 20,000 hours playing Monopoly. So the cash flow board game, you can, you can play Monopoly. 
But if you don't really know the game of Monopoly, you'll screw your kid up too. But there's more to Monopoly. It's a very sophisticated game if you understand and you study it. And, you know, like, I think one of the biggest things, I, the reason I was thinking about mastery when I was in China, there's a lot of fake people out there. Like, I listen to these guys get on stage, and, you know, I don't talk about Bitcoin because I don't know anything about Bitcoin. But these guys there talk about real estate, and they don't know anything about real estate. You know how I know? Because I know. Do you know what I mean? You know when you know. And I have, I have friends of mine, you know, who are not very, they're good guys, but they're not very successful. They stand on stage and say, oh yeah, just go buy some real estate like Robert does. I'm going, that's the worst advice you can give somebody. I am a student of real estate. That's the reason I'm successful at it. And these guys who have zero real estate will tell you, oh, just go buy some real estate like Robert is, does. And they think it's that easy. That, that's how stupid these people are. Or I mean, you know, you meet guys like that, right, all the time. All the time. I think one of the best things that you've you've always said when people come to to advisors or to you and say, "I've got ten thousand dollars. How should I invest it? What should I invest it in?" And it's like, "Are you kidding me? You should use it to get yourself educated. Don't be going and investing in something you don't know anything about. Just education is the key to mastery, which is what we were just talking yeah. about on the show. And I talk about gold all the time. Not too many people have started a gold mine. I have. That's how much I understand gold. And that's the difference when I speak about gold. You know, what about Bitcoin? So I don't think about Bitcoin, but I know about gold. Well, you should know about Bitcoin. So, well, you go study Bitcoin then. You know, I mean, I don't want to be a master of Bitcoin. I don't need Bitcoin. You know, you do. It's the new currency. Fine, but study it. But people want a tip. Tell me what to do, and I think that's that's I think that's what Robert Greene was saying. They're so conditioned in school to be told what to do by people who don't know what to do. School teachers, you know, they're, they're good people. My parents, all that, all school teachers, very good people, but they could not survive on the streets. You're going to be an entrepreneur. You got to survive in the streets, in the alley cans, like an alley cat, you know, eating garbage sometimes just to survive. But they don't know that world. Right, Blair? That's right. It's a, whatever the hours are, the 10,000, the 20,000, whatever Robert Green was talking about, but you got to make the mistakes. You got to learn from them. Just don't, don't just make mistakes and forget about it. They're, that's they're right. Important. That's the right. Bucket says the most important that's things right. you can do. And learning to make mistakes and learn from those is something to learn in and of itself. And when you're, when you're lying in the gutter on the streets, what you know, Blair and I have done without <laughs> any money at all, and we kept going, that's when you get really smart. So that, I want to thank Robert Green, author of Mastery, website, Power, Seduction, and War. Thank Blair Sanger, best friend for years and years and years. So you can submit your questions to Ask Robert at richdadradio.com. And I thank you all for listening. Thank you again, Blair. Thank you for having me.
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.